This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. It is Thursday, March 24th, 2021. It is the Monty Show. How do we, like, are we sullen over the Jazz this morning, getting absolutely swooped in Boston last night? We'll talk all about that. Uh, Please shop our affiliate links in your podcast or YouTube description below. Uh, By the way, is COVID done? Is coronavirus over? I think think it depends who you ask. That's what I think. Well, in the NBA, apparently it's over because Kyrie, the Mets, and the Yankees are all going to be able to play at home. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe. We're giving away a PS5 on this very program right here on your old YouTube machine. Um, we're giving away a PS5. I I am pretty humbled by the number of subscribers we've picked up on YouTube in the last month or so. Mm-hmm. It's It's been pretty meteoric. We're at uh, somewhere around 3,600 and 20 something I think or whatever right um and it's been impressive and yeah sure we're bribing you uh we're at 3625 uh we're bribing you with a ps5 maybe that's why you show up we prefer to fantasize that it's great jazz content right um and you're entertained every day right but you should subscribe give us a thumbs up if you're here right now um today we will pick a youtube um subscriber who gives us a thumbs up you must be subscribed to the channel you must give us a thumbs up and we're going to send you one of our casual shirts our merch uh that we still have by the way yes i was asked yesterday if we still have it yes we have casual shirts if you buy a casual shirt um you get five entries for everybody else's one uh for the ps5 so make sure you give us a thumbs up we'll give away a piece of monty show merch today for you um but without further ado Why don't we talk about the Utah Jazz? Because I felt like it was pretty shocking the way this team performed at Boston last night. Um, They essentially no-showed. And I thought after the game, Donovan Mitchell's frustration was palatable. Um, He talked about how, um, you know, really all that matters is that they win games. And think about what's on the line in this ballgame last night. You are now tied with the Dallas Mavericks for the fourth and fifth spot. Um, Who, by the way, you're going to run into uh, in Big D uh on sunday but help yourself i couldn't but only after you go to charlotte on friday night in what is a real real important game now it that that game in charlotte if there is a must win in late march this is it um after you've dropped two duds to the nets in now boston you're going to Charlotte, Jake, on Friday night, and and I just think it's not optional to win that game. Yeah, and I think it's a classic trap game. I think it's a game on the schedule where you're like, yeah, we're going to beat Charlotte, and Charlotte's going to come out and run up and down the floor, and, and you're not going to have an answer for that. Just like, you know, you didn't have an answer last night. And I think that the, the thing that's so, um, you know, concerning might be a strong word, but the thing that I just worry about is, is this team tends to go into this no offense, just kind of – play pickup basketball vibe offensively. Like, that's kind of what they do. They just sort of set a screen, meander around the floor, and that's pretty much it. And and that's not going to get it done against, you know, teams who play good basketball. 
you know, and, and I look at Charlotte and everyone on the show is probably going to be like, oh, well, it's Charlotte and they suck and they're not good. Well, I got news for you. Charlotte can play a little bit. They've got guys who can beat you and they've got what they have that you don't is athleticism. That's the biggest thing. They want to run. They want to get that first step right by you. They want to drive to the basket. They want to posterize somebody, you know, and, and, and that's the thing that I, that I really worry about when I look at can the Utah Jazz keep the four seed? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I think that you're now tied with with Dallas, and, and Dallas has proven through their East Coast trip that they did better than you've already done, which is kind of what we thought would happen, but, you know, we had to see how it played out. So I just think that, that the Jazz are in this period of time where you're missing Bogdanovich, you don't have Daniel House Jr., you, you you don't have the full allotment of guys, and you're dealing with that. Last night, it would have been really nice to have Daniel House Jr. guard Jason Tatum. That would have been really, really nice to have, but you didn't have that. Last night, it would have been really nice to get some, you know, Bogdanovich threes out of the corner on some Don driving kick. Like, that's the other thing I noticed. The driving kick game just disappears when Bogdanovich isn't on the floor, you know? So, so I don't know. I, I, I think that you know, the Quinn haters are going to say that he doesn't make adjustments and he's not doing too much for this team right now. But I also think this is a lot on Donovan Mitchell. You know, if we're going to sit here and talk about how he's a superstar and he's this, you know, great player that they should build around, the guy needs to, the guy needs to make some mental adjustments in-game. You cannot continue to just keep doing what you're doing and think that that's going to help you win, win games like this. You notice that the Kevin Durants and the Devin Bookers and the John Morants and the Jason Tatums, when their guys are hurt, what do they do? They do step up. They do get their teammates involved. They do work hard to make sure that the offensive flow is right. And that's what I'm starting. That's the place I'm starting to get to with Donovan. At some point, it's no longer good enough for you to just take the 30-footer. At some point, it's not good enough for you to just be selfish for, I, I think, what was it, 30 attempts or something last night? You know, he took a lot of shots last night, as you would expect. But what what would you have him do? I would have him – I would have him – I would have their – A, I'd have there be a game plan for how they're going to run offense. But then, B, if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I would continue to stay consistent with the driving kick. I would continue to try to get your teammates involved. Like, what else can you do? Because playing one-on-one -on -one against the Celtics – is not going to get you a, a win. That's not, we everybody can agree that's not going to that's not a recipe for success for them to beat Boston without Bogdanovich and Daniel House, right? So I I think okay. So there's a lot to unpack there. I don't believe that Donovan Mitchell is a selfish player. I do not in any way, shape, or form. I don't. I just don't see him as a selfish player. I see him as a guy that has very few alternatives. I see him as a guy on the offensive end that has very little to no help. I see him as a guy that realizes if he doesn't score 30-plus points a game, they have no chance to win. And I think when you look at the guys that were on the floor last night, how many guys on the offensive end were actually willing? How many guys on the offensive end were actually making an effort? I will give Jordan Clarkson a lot of credit for trying to dunk on Daniel Tice. Now, that didn't end well, but at least he tried. I saw guys in Hassan Whiteside, Rudy Gobert, um, Royce O'Neal certainly at times just kind of trotting up and down the floor, not really having a plan. Um, I do agree with you that it's shocking to me that again, it turns into Don and everybody else. The moment any, the smallest bit of adversity shows up, they just stop setting picks. They stop going to pick and roll. I agree with that. I disagree that there was no offensive game plan. I think it's easy 
when it's easy. I think it's easy to have fun and play loose basketball when you're winning. I think the very best teams in the NBA, and the Phoenix Suns showed this last night, the very best teams in the NBA don't change who they are because they're trailing. They don't change who they are because they're going through adversity. They simply execute who they are at a much higher level. And the Jazz don't have the ability to do that. Injuries be damned, and I'm tired of talking about injuries, and I'm tired of using injuries as an excuse. Every team in the NBA has injuries. Is it an excuse that Anthony Davis is out, or are you out celebrating the Lakers sucking? You're, it, it, it probably is both, right? But who's the player that the Jazz are missing right now that's a true difference maker? Because it ain't Boyan Bogdanovich, I can tell you that. Because we've been sitting on this show for the entire season begging him to do something other than nothing. Because Boyan Bogdanovich ain't exactly a big-time clutch player for this team. Yeah. So we can sit here and we can talk about, oh, it's injuries and, oh, my God. And they've been de- they, the, the Utah Jazz have simply not been devastated by injuries this season. They haven't been. Have guys missed time? Yes, everybody's missed time in the league, mainly because of COVID. But how many, how many teams can say that their star in Donovan Mitchell has played the majority of the season? Mm-hmm. Can't say that for the Nets. Can't say that for the Bucs who have, who have had significant swaths of time without – Chris Middleton, for instance, right? Without Brooke Lopez, one, arguably their second best player, um, not named Giannis Antetokounmpo, on defense is Brooke Lopez. And they didn't have him for months of the season. It's not an excuse. The truth is, you're just not a good basketball team right now. You're a mediocre mid-level team. And when you show up last night and you look like the moment you walk out there to tip off that you know this is just going to be chalked up as a loss because that's what it looked like yeah. to me. Yeah. That's why you lost the game last night. It's not that you lost and you got blown out. It's that you got blown out because you didn't believe you could win the game even when you got off the bus. So let's not make excuses um, as Twitter was alive last night with, oh, well, you know, this team just plays down to its competition. Bullshit. If you're playing down to your competition, that's a coaching problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, this team just doesn't get up for the regular season anymore because they know now after last year, last year was last year. You're about to become irrelevant. I got news for you. You lose the fourth seed and you're out in the first round. Mm-hmm. You are out in the first round. Thanks. Because they're not going to Dallas. And I wouldn't just write off Denver, by the way. Because if the Jazz wind up in a 3-6 matchup, just write it off because mm-hmm. it's over. And I, I don't know how to break it to you. Did anybody watch what Memphis, without John Morant, did to Brooklyn last night? <laughs> On the road in Memphis with Kyrie, did anybody see what Memphis did to Brooklyn last night? Memphis is an elite basketball team. Memphis is not a team you want to wind up in a 3-6 matchup with. Golden State's not a team you want to wind up in a 3-6 matchup with. You just don't. And if you watched Devin Booker last night, do it again, and this time in Minnesota against one of the better teams in the NBA in the Minnesota Timberwolves since the All-Star break. Devin Booker dominated that team, and the, the Suns were behind, and they came back and they won because they executed at a high level. So we can sit here and we can, we can play these games and we can talk about how, oh, they just don't value the regular season. It doesn't matter. You're completely wrong. Mm-hmm. If yeah. that's your take, you're completely wrong. Yeah, no, I think they value the regular season at a high level as well. I, I completely agree. I, I agree that injuries aren't necessarily an excuse. Uh, I I think that I think that the the thing, like I was saying, I mean, the biggest thing to me is the 
I, I disagree. I didn't really see a, a real offensive game plan last night. Like, like I do agree that when adversity hits, they do go away from whatever the game plan is. But I didn't really feel like there was a, a, a real concerted effort to try to create, you know, advantageous matchups or like, you know, any sort of, you know, like, like it's a, it's a strategy to say, all right, we're going to have Don play the two. We're going to get him the ball once we cross half court. And then we're going to try and drive and kick and swing the ball. That's a strategy, you know, but like, I didn't, I don't feel like, and I feel like this happens a lot with this team. I feel like whatever the strategy was, it's gone like five minutes into the game. You know, it just kind of disappears. And so so that's why I say I I, I, I don't know what the strategy was because whatever it was just wasn't present, you know. And, and, and so I guess what we're getting to here is that is that, yeah, lack of depth is a huge problem for this team. They don't have an answer when when guys do get hurt because the, the, the truth about it is as you were saying, every team goes through injuries. It's just a matter of how well you can absorb those injuries. So, so I think the Jazz are just in this place where you're you're sort of at this crucial moment in time for this particular team, where where you've got a choice to make. You're at that classic, you know, split in the road. You're either going to come together and and you're going to start playing a better brand of basketball and you're going to be playing your best basketball going into this into the postseason, or you're going to continue to do what you did last night, which is not play team basketball, fall apart a bit, and you're going to go out in the first round. And then we're going to have to talk about, well, is Don leaving and is all this and that, and there's going to be all this drama that doesn't need to take place. So that's my that's where I really honestly feel like this team is at right now. Yeah, and I just think you're too nice about it. I mean, let, let's, let's stop trying to be nice at what point do we stop spinning that the jazz are old at what time at what point do we stop spinning that rudy gobert is becoming a liability on a nightly basis you're watching the regression of rudy gobert's offensive ability right in front of you because this team refuses to run pick and roll in crucial minutes he's useless to you in the last 10 minutes of a game if you're not going to run pick and roll yeah he's useless Honest to goodness, he is the best offensive rebounder in the NBA, in my opinion. Shoot the ball off of pick and roll and let him do what he does best. But you're not running pick and roll. And and let's stop pulling punches on the other guys on this, on this roster. Rudy Gay is an abject failure as a free agent signing. The guy just does not, he does not bring value of, of much of any sort, really. Yeah. I mean, he shoots the three well occasionally. He cannot defend, and this team cannot play at pace. Why did the Boston Celtics nominate you last night? And this is a really important point. Yeah. Because they ran right past you. You watched them play basketball last night. They had so many wide-open looks and layups. And this idea that, well, Rudy, I mean, what he doesn't do on offense, he makes up more on defense. Somebody forgot to fucking tell Robert Williams that. Because Robert Williams has no fear. Daniel Tice has no fear. None whatsoever. And you and, and we I tweeted the video out yesterday. And I'm so fired up about this because I'm tired of making excuses. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of it being okay. Oh, well, this is just the jazz. Mm-hmm. We love these boys. Mm-hmm. This isn't BYU. This isn't Utah. This is professional basketball where guys make a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. And I will again say... If you cannot figure out and you cannot see in front of you 
that Donovan Mitchell is the only right thing on this roster right now. He is a true, true NBA superstar with no help. You need somebody else who can night in and night out be penciled in for 20 points. Well, look at look at that uh, Baines contribution last night, you know, for Memphis. That, he was one of the main reasons they won that game last night. Yeah. And I know that we we take we take a lot of crap on this show because I think I think Memphis is a better team. If you run into Memphis in the playoffs, you're getting it's you're over. you're losing that series. Yeah, it's over. You are losing that series. And I I I feel like the the excuses that are made for this Utah Jazz team have got to stop at some point. And there's not a lot you can do right now to fix this. Mm-hmm. There isn't. But when we talk about fan apathy and, you know, that the media simply, you know, gets on their knees and beaches this team on a nightly basis, <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. They You're do. not wrong. You're you, not wrong. You, look at, you yeah. look at the guys that cover this team waxing on about, oh, Donovan's so upset about the loss. And, okay, are you? who are you – what do you do for a living, man? Yeah. Like – if you're not going to be critical of this team, and if the Salt Lake Tribune doesn't hire a beat writer who can actually write beat stories and game stories, you're never going. This team's never going to be accountable because yeah. they're not accountable to the media at all. N- nobody is asking questions that need to be asked. Nobody is saying, "Hey, has this team just hit the wall because of age? Are you a, are you two years past?" What should have been a, a rebuild? Mm-hmm. And is it going to cost you Donovan Mitchell to rebuild this summer? Because this team this year hasn't been I, – I mean, they have I, – I, I don't think it's too too harsh to say that this team has been a shell of itself uh, or a shell of what the, this team was two years ago. Like, the, this, team, this team this year is a shell of what the bubble team was, right? This team this year is a shell of what last year's team was. We don't see – the dominating three-point performance. We don't see the 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 pace of play being really you, you high. You don't see diversity. The Boston yeah. Celtics are the best defensive team in the NBA. And I know that frustrated a bunch of people that I said that on the show yesterday. They're the number one defense in the mm-hmm. NBA right now. Mm-hmm. And so you got locked down last night. If if you look at if you look at the Jazz and what their inability was last night, and you look at how Boston beat you. By 20, what was it, 28 points? Yeah. If you look at how that happened, it was fast break. It was it was ball movement, but it was defense. The Utah Jazz did not break 100 points last night. Which is really saying something. And just so many wide open looks last night. And we warned you that you cannot have Tatum and Brown go off. And they both scored 26 points. We told you... That you can't have Pritchard hitting threes. And Pritchard last night was three of four from three. We told you last night that Tyson Williams are going to give Rudy Gobert problems. And they did. Williams, Robert Williams had 12 points, 10 boards, two dimes, two steals, and four blocks. And by the way, they started Al Horford, which I believe we told you they would, who had three blocks of his own last night. Yeah, and I I look at this Jazz box score. For all my stat nerds, right? For all the stat guys out there. This is the thing that really, you know, stands out to me. You have Don, who I said on the show wasn't going to put up 40. Still damn near put up 40 points, which is really saying something. But what I look at here is Mike Conley. 
What can we talk about Mike Conley for a second? Nine points? That's it? Like, I'm not saying the guy's got to put up 30, but not even double digits points. The number that scares you is he's shooting 31% in the paint now. Dude. After last night, Mike Conley's shot percentage in the paint is 31%. Like, look at Pascal. Pascal's outscoring you, and Pascal's not even a starter, right? Like, he started last night, but typically he's not a starter. Yeah. It's crazy. So that's why I say I agree with you. I, I mean, we've talked we've talked endlessly. Well, maybe not endlessly, but we've talked repeatedly on the show about how the media won't ask hard questions and won't say, hey, Mike Conley is an old man at this point and not performing and hasn't really performed all year, right? Like, like nobody's asking these questions. And so I feel like this this summer could be a lot more painful than maybe we anticipated. This summer could be because I, I I'm telling you this summer they are going to completely remake this roster because I maintain that if if you if you if you continue on this trajectory right here and you go out in the first round this summer is going to be gnarly like I don't think it matters what you do in the playoffs this I'm year. saying no but I'm saying how it feels either way they're they're blowing this roster up there's going to be major change that like you can just book that yeah but I'm saying how it feels to the the organization into the fan base. If you get blown up the rest of the season, you get em- not embarrassed, but like let's say that you run into Memphis in the first round and you get you get bounced with with only one win in the playoffs this yeah. year. Like that's going to be a really tough pill to swallow for the fan base. So I I don't know. That that's why I say I think this this the way this season ends while it doesn't affect what's going to happen this summer in that sense, I do think that it still matters based on how it would feel. I think I think you better become a Memphis Grizzlies fan the rest of this season. <laughs> because if Golden State somehow catches them for the two spot, you're screwed. Like, I mean, you just don't want to deal with that. I'm telling you, you need to hang on to the fourth spot. Yeah. It is it, it's almost mandatory that this Utah Jazz team hang on and 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 win this game Friday night and then win that game in Dallas on Sunday. You have to hang on to the fourth spot. I mean, if you're the Jazz, and, and I'm asking this seriously, if you're the Jazz against Charlotte, is there not some credence in saying, "Hey, we're going to rest our guys. We're going, we're going to, we're going to, we're, Don's not going to play. We're going to rest our guys because we need to beat Dallas head up. We have to do that." I think if you have to rest your guys to beat Dallas, you're in more trouble than. Well, I, I don't I don't think that they're I think Dallas is even with the Jazz. I don't think that, that they're better than Dallas. I think that it's very close. Well, I guess maybe we'll find out tonight. I mean, I I, I think the Phoenix Denver game is a is a must watch if you're a Jazz fan. Uh the Phoenix Denver game tonight, it, it's a must win for Denver. Um and I, I will remind you that the standings are um, the Jazz and Mavericks are tied at 45 wins. Mm-hmm. Denver's at 43, and the Minnesota Timberwolves are at 42. And you have nine games to go. So my doubt is that you're going to drop three games in nine mm-hmm. to the Minnesota Timberwolves. But I think you could conceivably be caught by Denver. And I look at Dallas, and when I start looking at what that team, what that team has ahead of it, um, they play tomorrow night at Minnesota in what I can only think is a must win. I, if I am the Utah jazz, I am resting nobody. I am going at the Charlotte game as a must win because when you have Dallas heading to Minnesota, 
Yeah. And Minnesota just lost to, to Phoenix. <laughs> you know they're going to be coming. Minnesota's going to be ready for that game. Yeah. And if I am the Jazz, I know that I should be better than Charlotte. I should. But will we? That's a game we should win. It's but a will scary we? question that we have to ask that, dude. Like, I, I, it's well, amazing to me. But what is the kryptonite of the Utah Jazz? Speed, athleticism. Youth, speed, exuberance, ball movement defensively. Like, this idea that you can come out and play a zone is ridiculous. Hassan Whiteside trying to play zone defense. There's another guy that's been a complete bust. I, yeah. I think in certain situations, Hassan Whiteside has, has been good for you. But you're down... 28 last night, he dunks and flexes. Mm -hmm. Like, are you kidding me? You're down 28, man, and you've gotten exposed all night. Repeatedly. And you're flexing on a dunk. It's ridiculous. Hassan Whiteside just has been a total disappointment. And, and Whatever. Anyway, my point is, I look at what's going on with Charlotte, and that's a team that's a 500 ball club that you should beat. But the problem is that they're fast, they're young, they're explosive with, with Terry Rozier and Bridges um, getting fed by LaMelo. Um, they're athletic. They have guys that can jump out of the gym. I mean, you look at, you look at the way that Charlotte plays basketball. That team, that team should terrify you as a Jazz fan. Yes. And I, we'll talk about it a lot more tomorrow as we get ready for, for that game tomorrow night. But when you look at at guys like Miles Mason Plumley, Montrez Harrell is their second center. Um, you look at PJ Washington, Jalen McDaniels, Cali Oubre. I mean, they're all fast, young, long guys. They play exceptionally well on the on the wing. My guess is that you're not going to get Boyan back for that game. And even if you do, I don't know that he is. A, if that's a yeah. real effective place for him. And again, I'll just ask you. Where does Rudy Gobert fit in in, in in against a team like Charlotte just, that just wants to have a track meet with you? Yeah, and this is where this is ideally be where the Rudy Gay thing would have come into play if he would have lived up to it. But small he ball five, yeah, he has not at all. Yeah, so. so that that's why I say the Jazz are in a very precarious situation, and this isn't something that is oh you guys are just negative. Okay, sure. I think this is where you're at. This is real. Yeah. You are in a very precarious situation right now. You yeah. are watching the last days of this roster as we know it. Yeah. And again, I will just go back to what I was told the other day and what I've been told all season long is that this team is committed to Donovan Mitchell, that they will they will make seismic changes to this roster in the summer and they will build around him. And that their number one priority is Donovan Mitchell and getting him a legitimate number two, a guy that he can run with. And that the facts of the matter are to do that, you're going to have to trade Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Because his $41 million, you're not getting return on your investment there. No. Is there anybody who can, who can say that Rudy Gobert puts out the way the top paid players in this league put out? No. It makes no sense whatsoever. So let me get some of your thoughts in here uh, on the Jazz. Edgar Garcia, what's up? Good to see you. Frank Orion, what's up? The Nye guy, how the heck are you? Um, Funky Orion says, it's worst case. Jazz lose all remaining games. Where would they land? They won't lose all their remaining games. Um, if they lost all their remaining games, they'd be in the playing tournament. If they lose their next nine straight, 
because I guarantee you that Dallas, Denver, and Minnesota are not. So they'd be in the playing tournament, but that's not going to happen. They're, they will not fall further than sixth. And I, I honestly think they wind up in the five. Yeah. That'd be my guess. Uh, John Jackson says, you just said it was March 24th, 2021. Sorry, it's 2022. Yeah, it could be. Could be 2022. I don't know. Thank you for I'm, listening. You know, I likely said that. Uh, Cody Strickland says, Jake, I'm two or three years older than you. I bought my house and had my girl and baby. Now I'm up on my house by 300K. Waiting on moments of life decisions can cause massive regrets. Don't wait things you want for. Don't wait on things you want in life. <laughs> You're fucked. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's just a, you know, quick sidebar here, I guess. Um, I mean, I'm not waiting necessarily. It's it's more, it's more what's the right decision because I can tell you right now, I don't need to buy anything. I don't need to. It's not like I have some huge family living in a tiny place. It's just me, you know. Um, really the conversation more stems around what the right decision is. And my feeling more and more is the right decision is to buy, uh, to buy a place, to rent it out and get income from it. That's my feeling on it. But you know, that's, I'm not really waiting on things. It's more just, it's more just tactical, I guess. Yeah. And I, I also think, um, you know, I also think one of the more interesting parts of this conversation is what do you do with we should talk about this on a, at a different time because i don't want to derail us like right. you and your not in love girlfriend who's not your wife mm -hmm. um or you don't love her um i should say uh you in anyway uh the night guy says i was most annoyed with white side he simply looks like he could care he no he looks like he could not care less yeah he says he simply looks like he could care less no he couldn't could not. He's not capable of caring less than he looks like he cares. I would have sent him to the showers in the first quarter after letting nearly everyone buy him. Um, your other message was filtered. Frank H., your message was filtered. Um, I'm getting a sense that there's a lot of cursing happening I'm, in the I'm comments. guessing. The night guy says Forrest was putrid last night. He was not good. No. Uh, last night was a perfect example of why we need a second reliable 20-point-a-game scorer mesh. Says. But that's supposed to be Mike Conley. That's what we're saying. It is supposed to be Mike Conley. But I mean, if 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 it's you, how do you fix this team? Yeah, I mean, I I think that that's you know that's a really difficult question to answer. But I yeah, I agree with you. I think I I think the 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 path to fixing the team starts with Rudy. I I, I think that that contract for, I mean, how long is it? How long? When did he sign that? Was that a year ago now? No, yeah, is it's that, today. I mean, this season is when it started. This yeah, is year number so, one of that so contract. Like, you know, the day I remember, and it's on it's on our channel. You have to go back and find it, but. But, you know, we, we said that day, and I specifically said that day, that that this contract will prevent them from winning a championship with this roster. You know, and not only has it prevented them from winning a championship, they haven't even sniffed the NBA Finals. Hell, you haven't even sniffed the Conference Finals, you know? So so this— the, You are the, no better off today than you were the day he signed that contract. I agree completely. You're just not. Yeah, I, like, I completely agree, and I think the path to fixing this team— is through Rudy is through trading Rudy Gobert the guy you can't have forty one million dollars a year for a guy who doesn't who doesn't no. impact the game offensively. No, I would agree with that. I just yeah, I don't know. Mesh, welcome to the show. Good to see you. John Jackson says it's very hard to win if you only uh, if only one person scores over twenty points. There was yeah. a, there was I mean they were into the second half and nobody was in double digits besides Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, 
So, uh, Gene Streamer Gamer says, hello, gentlemen, watching all the way from the Philippines. Good to see you. Jeremy Bolton, I'm done watching the regular season. I just don't care anymore. I'll start watching the Jazz again when the playoffs start. Well, you should care. The regular season this year where this Jazz team is, you're not the number one seed in the NBA anymore. So, you, you now have to fight for home court advantage early in the playoffs. And I'm telling you, Friday night, Friday night is a is a – you want to know how much this team respects Quinn Snyder? Ask me when that when that game's over on Friday night. You want to know about leadership and testing people's mettle? Ask me on Friday night when that game's over. Because Why? leadership and 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 generalship from your head coach and the coaching staff down to the players, that's going to determine win or loss on Friday night. Because there was very the thing that should stand out to you and should be terrifying is the the body language of this team last night was terrible. Terrible. And if you roll out with that same body language, and my guess is you won't because you don't respect Charlotte the way you should. You don't there's jazz fans have, you know, yesterday were laughing at us because we were saying Friday is going to be tough. Where are all you laughing now? Like you should, you see the way this team showed up in Boston, and I don't want to hear about how it's a long road trip. It doesn't matter. Yeah, everyone's got to go on that road it, trip. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You got to win these games. You're tied for the fourth spot now with Dallas, who you play Sunday. Is it a long road trip when you when you get torched in Dallas? Is is this a long road trip? It doesn't matter when you're when you're playing in Dallas for game one. Of the first round of the NBA playoffs, was it a long road trip? Or maybe should you have been at home sleeping in your own bed and playing at the Vivint instead of playing at American Airlines in Dallas? It doesn't matter if it's a long road trip. Yeah. Friday night is a must win, period. Doesn't matter. You want to talk about, you want to know who Donovan Mitchell is? He said after the game, he doesn't want to say another word. All I care about is winning. We just got to win games. Well, Friday night, it's time for you to stop talking and start doing it's time for Rudy Gobert to to be a, a this guy wants the basketball and he he I retweeted a clip of him from shoot around yesterday where he talked about how you know they just got you got to get me the ball. No, we actually don't. No, we don't. You're not good offensively. Nobody's getting you the ball offensively. But then again, nobody will call him out on that. Nobody will say, well, hey, you know, do you realize that your turnover percentage off the dribble is significantly higher? Do you understand that when you when you get the ball, when people lob you the ball in the post, you drop it below your shoulders and guys are are swiping you? Well, that should be a foul. Well, you know, croissants and fucking locks and bagels. I don't care. It's not a foul because they don't call it. Like his entitlement yeah. offensively is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Rudy Gobert can't dribble the ball. His footwork is terrible on the low block. He, he cannot finish off the dribble. He cannot finish when he's got to turn and step through. And <clears throat> if he doesn't catch and dunk it, he's not finishing. Yeah. He's not. And I, I, I love that the guy shoots free throws better now. But what does that mean when you're losing by 28 points in Boston? Congratulations, Rudy. Congratulations on, you know, you absolutely making free throws last night. Man, we, maybe we should give you $41 million more now. Like, what does it mean that he's like, everybody's like, you don't give him credit for making free throws. Okay, cool. I gave him credit for winning free, making free throws. Did you win the game in Boston? Did you lose by five? No fuckers. You lost by 28. What does it mean? What does it mean? Yeah. It means he makes $41 million and he's a dead weight on offense Yeah. because they won't run pick and roll when they need it. 
Game's on the line. Don and everybody else. Where'd the pick and roll go? Yeah, as it's been for a year and a half, two years. It's so frustrating that Jazz fans will not look at this team the way it really is. It, it's And I've covered a lot of pathetic fan bases. Like, there is no more intolerable fan base than the L.A. Laker fans. None. They think they are the greatest thing ever. I'm telling you, Jazz fans, you got to come to reality. You got, you got, you have got to stop listening to Holly Rowe and you got to stop listening to Bowler Jack rave on about how great Rudy Gobert is. And he's disrespected. He's not disrespected. He's actually not disrespected during this stretch of games where you have played less than stellar basketball. What is Rudy Gobert meant to you? Well, he's meant that he's kept you in games defensively, right? Oh, that's right. Until you lost by 28 in Dallas and you gave up 125 points. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm just asking, what does Rudy Gobert mean to you when, again, you can't match up with, not even Kevin Durant, you can't match up with the athletic wings. Bruce Brown is probably more of a reason. Patty Mills is more of a reason you lost to Brooklyn than Kevin Durant. Jalen Brown is why you lost to the Boston Celtics because Jason Tatum's going to get his. Kevin Durant's going to get his. Donovan Mitchell's going to get his. But what does all that mean? Dude, Boston shot 52% from three last night. Because And look at how many of them were open looks. Look how many of them are wide open, no hand up, no rotation defensively. Jordan Clarkson won't fight through a three or won't fight through a screen. Because notice what Boston did. They just kept running pick and roll to get Jason Tatum whatever he wanted. Jason Tatum, 9 of 15 and 5 of 8. Jalen Brown, 10 of 17, 3 of 6. Like, you're you're getting high-quality looks. It's so frustrating. It, it, it just is incredibly frustrating. I don't understand. Like, the Mike Conley thing. I, I Drew or somebody was all over us on, on the YouTube comments overnight mm-hmm. because we said that Mike Con- we're watching Mike Conley's decline. One of five from three. And he's like, well... well all play old players decline. Yeah, but not all Who fan cares? bases. Yeah, but not all fan bases pay all kinds of respect and love and adoration to the old player declining when you're paying the luxury tax for the guy. I was that's exactly what I was gonna say. Not all old players got re-signed in the luxury tax to be here. You just knew it was a mistake when that happened. But anyway, all of that to say, Friday's a must win. Friday's a must win. And until you hold the 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 Utah Jazz accountable for the the disaster that this roster is and the huge mistakes you've made with Rudy's contract, Mike Conley's luxury tax, not trading anybody at the deadline. And this is the thing that worries me. Ryan Smith has made three really bad decisions. I'm going to approve Rudy's contract. I'm going to pay Mike Conley the luxury tax and I'm not going to trade Joe Ingles last summer. Oh, we're not trading Joe Ingles, he said on Twitter. Until he tears his ACL, then we're going to trade him. And you were trading him anyway at the deadline. Yeah. So you're paying Mike Conley, and we're watching the guy decline right before our eyes. And congratulations, what's he going to be next year? Because he's under contract next year, too. Right. But why why is Boyan Bogdanovich still on this team? Is this team does this team really miss Boyan Bogdanovich? Is that why you you lost by 28 in Boston last night? No. Because Boyan Bogdanovich wasn't there? Is it, or is it because you didn't upgrade Royce O'Neal at the trade deadline? 
Is it because, exactly because, because right now before I say it, what have I told you about Daniel, Daniel House? What have I told you? The more you play him, the more exposed he's going to get because he's bounced around team to team. Those guys don't turn into superstars. So now you're in a position. You want to know where the Jazz are? The Utah Jazz are in a position where they're relying on Daniel House to play defense. A guy who's bounced around the league that you were on 10 days with, who at the trade deadline wasn't even under contract to you. And now this guy is so valuable and, oh my God, we missed Daniel House. Oh man, if Daniel House had played, we'd have beat the Celtics. I got news for you. No, you wouldn't have. Oh, we'd have beat the Nets. No, no, you wouldn't have. Because Daniel House isn't a guy you can play 30 minutes a night and get that kind of contribution from. Yeah. And as Devin Booker in Phoenix showed you, oh, it's cool to run. Oh, Daniel House is the book stopper. Okay. He scored 30 points and he he pretty much did whatever he wanted in the pick and roll against Daniel House. And he got the swing through fouls on Daniel House. You're relying on here, you're relying on Daniel House. That's where you're that's where your fandom is. Anyway, um, let's see. Nico uh, Sangalang, good to see you, friend, says, I think Mike Conley is just pacing himself. What no. does that mean? No, he's not just pacing himself for the postseason. So wait, dude. you're shooting 31% in the paint because you're pacing yourself. Pacing yourself would be playing lower minutes but having high efficiency nights. You're having in the second half one of the worst three-point shooting streaks of your career because you're pacing yourself. No. No. Nico, don't be that guy. Guy says, trade Conley, Gobert, let Forrest walk, play Butler. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, James Knight says, jazz by 20 over Charlotte. Okay. I hope you're right. Uh, the Nye guy says, Nico, I sure hope because he's playing like hot garbage lately. About Mike Conley, the problem with Mike, and you can see it, is that Mike has lost confidence. He doesn't believe that he can finish in the paint. You, Mike is going to make threes. That's yeah. the, that is what he does best. The problem is, is that you need somebody to finish in the paint. It's Donovan Mitchell's kryptonite. He's not a guy that routinely gets in the paint. And like, that was the thing that really stood out to me last night is you're watching Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown dominate in the mid range, <laughs> just torture people. And you, you know, you flip on the Suns and the T wolves and you're watching Devin Booker dunk on dudes. You're watching Devin Booker post up, hit a turnaround fadeaway. You know, that turnaround fadeaway leads into a head fake, a step through, and a foul on an up and under. Who's the Jazz up and under mid-range in the paint? Who's their back-to-the-basket guy? Do they ever throw the ball into the paint with somebody's back-to-the-basket? No. They don't. They don't have that. They This team has nobody to throw the ball to in the paint. They tried with Bogdanovich. That's not his game. They don't – because what happens is when you're slow and unathletic like the Jazz are, it clogs up the paint. And when you don't have gifted drive and kick, the only guy that really drives and kicks on this team is is Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Because what happened last night when Jordan Clarkson went into the paint repeatedly? There were some nice makes, floaters. That he, they always say he has that in his bag. But more than not, you get dunked at the rim trying to – you know, you get blocked at the rim trying to dunk on Daniel Tice. You turn the ball over. You yeah. Rudy Gay gets miss horribly misses a three, gets the rebound, immediately throws a terrible pass across the paint for a turnover. They're just not good in the paint. They're not. Yeah. 
So you better you better knock down threes. Which they didn't. and Because they didn't run pick and roll. You know what I'm saying? Uh, eBay says, I finally have come to realize that Jazz cannot win a seven-game series. Live and die by the three is a bad deal. You just now figured this out? He also says the Sixers will beat the Celtics and Bucks. The bench has come alive. James Harden is a disaster. Yeah, it's not good. And by the way, Kyrie's now able to play at home. Starting Sunday, Kyrie can play at home. The Nets are about to come alive. And they're not going to get Ben Simmons this year. I think they know that. They've got to get Seth Curry back because he is a knockdown shooter. And you need that guy to get healthy. And shocking. The Currys have ankle injuries, you know. <laughs> Conley and Gay need to go. Trade everyone but Donovan and Clarkson. Seriously, pisses me off. Uh, Nyguy says, I think at some point we have to discuss coaching in the system we run. Uh, are players ignoring him or doing everything he says? It's time for a new voice. I think it's time for a new voice with this group. Yeah. If you change this group over the summer, there's no reason to let Quinn Snyder go. But if you just – I, I, I ask you again, like, who – who is it that you – who's the problem on this team offensively? Because there's only one answer to that, mm-hmm. and that's Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert's your pick-and-roll guy. Rudy Gobert's the guy that should be that should be at the center of, of your world. You know what's so fascinating, though, about Rudy? Is he sets these great picks, but, like, he's not actually a dominant pick-and-roll player. If you think about it, think about what it takes to be a dominant pick-and-roll player. So you got to have the lob game, right? You got to have the ability to go up, catch a pass, and dunk it. He's got that ability all day long. That's his absolute strength on offense. But think about what else makes a great pick-and-roll player. The ability to pick and pop. The ability to pick and pop but not take that shot and pass it to the corner, right? The ability to to understand spacing and move the basketball. That's the thing that this that layer of offense this team hasn't had since this group was conceived because of Rudy's shortcomings. You look at, like, I look at DeAndre Ayton or, or like, you look at Joel or you look at Jokic. Why do you think those guys are in the MVP race? They're in the MVP race because they know how to move the ball. They can shoot the basketball. They can dunk the basketball. They can dribble the basketball. They're actual, like, basketball players. They can do more than just they're, dunk. They're good at basketballing? Jesus, man. Jesus, yeah, like, Jesus man. was re- Jesus Shuttlesworth was really good. Like, I wonder when when Rudy gets shipped out to a garbage team this summer. I wonder if that will be enough incentive and enough motivation for him to learn how to dribble a basketball or take a jumper. Like, it's amazing, and I've been saying this about Ben Simmons. I've been saying this about Zion. I'll say it about Rudy. You're an NBA basketball player. There is not an excuse in the world for you not to be able to have a jumper. But am I the only one that's shocked he's gone back-to-back games without a block? Am I the only one that's shocked that on this road trip he's not been the same guy? Um, Even against the Knicks, he only had nine rebounds. But again, he has no place in the Knicks game. No. What place does he have in the Knicks game? But then against the Clippers and the Bulls, he's 19 points, 16 boards, 14 points, 20 boards. Yeah. And what do you have in common there? Well, the, the, the Clippers and the Bulls don't have bigs. You look at the Knicks, Nets, and Celtics, they have multiple bigs. Yeah. And I I it's I don't know. I maintain he clearly is not 100%. Yeah. But Rudy Gobert is getting bigged by bigs. Like, he's getting – Mitchell getting, Robinson owned that ass. He's getting moved. 
Oh, I don't even think it's 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 Marcus Smart was moving Rudy Gobert off the block last night. And it's not it's not even the the Tice versus Gobert matchup that should worry you. It's that bigger, thicker guys are not scared of Rudy anymore. He is dominating guards in the paint. Like guard, he's he's a fly swatter at that point. But when you put bigs on him or guys with size, length, and girth, he's having trouble. Yeah. And it's a little shocking. He has no block shots in back-to-back games against teams that have attacked the basket on the Jazz. And, and, you know, I'll go back to that Brooklyn game where you hung in there. That's four games, five nights, back-to-back. Hey, you know what? It's Brooklyn. They're good. Your mom's spaghetti. Like, yeah, you know, it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. But then you start looking at the team stats. Brooklyn shot 54%. Okay, well, I mean, you know, Rudy had an off night. Well, they, you know, were 11 of 30 from three. Um, you know, the Jazz shot significantly more free throws than Brooklyn did. Mm-hmm. And you start looking at rebounds and, oh, shit, the, the Nets out-rebounded the Jazz, 41-37. And well, you've been saying this, though, to your credit. I think this should be pointed out. I mean, you you have been the one that have said, hey, the Jazz get out-rebounded in the paint all the time. Yeah. And then you look at, at, at total turnovers. Both teams had 14 turnovers, so it wasn't turnovers because everybody's been saying that, too. Well, when the Jazz don't turn the ball over, they win. No, they don't. They turnovers, fast break points. The Jazz had more fast break points than Brooklyn. The number that kills you is points in the paint, fifty-four to forty, against Brooklyn. You're get you're you the you're losing this game on the block. Yeah, and that's what I've been trying to 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 say that we talk about how great Rudy is and look at his numbers and he's an MVP and he's he the defensive up player Luka. of the year and oh my God, one on one. Hey, that's great. You look at these games where they're playing tragically, tragically mediocre basketball. And it's because their numbers in the paint are not good. It's not turnovers necessarily. I mean, if you didn't turn the ball over a single time, would you win games? Yeah, you would. Yeah. How many teams never turn the ball over? It's it's not good. You look at rebounds last night. The Jazz out-rebounded the, the Celtics 40-39 to and lost by 28. Right, but you look at points in the paint. You lost points in the paint, fifty six forty eight. You you look at, you know, you look at offensive rebounds. The Jazz were two to one offensive rebounds and lost by twenty eight. You know, like I just can't say this enough. Stop telling me about the value of Rudy Gobert when you're getting fast break points, thirteen to six. Boston ran by you all night. Yeah, Rudy Gobert's value is quite low against elite teams that are physical and fast. And that's what worries you. Now, he should have a field day. He should absolutely have a field day in, in Charlotte because Plumley is not a great player. He's athletic and he's a volleyball player. He can jump out of the gym like Dwight Powell. But Rudy Gobert should have a 20-20 and 20 game. Bridges is the guy that worries me in that game. Yeah, you don't have a matchup. You don't have a matchup for LaMelo. You don't have a matchup. Like even Terry Rozier. Like, it's going to be Don and Terry Rozier, and that's not a fun matchup. No. Because Terry's going to get his. You know, and, and you look at the way that that team plays, they bring layers of big men, um, and they commit fouls. And I think that's – the question is, what happens if this Jazz team comes out in the first quarter and they're down 10? Because that's when I think all hell breaks loose. Yes. 
I'm they're hoping, not good at playing from behind. I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but Rudy's Rudy's got to have a massive game. If, it, if you want the ball and you want things to run through you, okay, Rudy, let's do it in Charlotte because they don't have good bigs. They don't, right? And when you're down 10, I still want to see pick and roll because Donovan Mitchell with open looks from three is going to make those shots. And you would think pick and roll with Mike Conley leads to three-pointers for him. But I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Just a couple more, and then we got to get to uh, a couple other things. Um, Jazz and Wolves are equals. Good record, but really, really soft. No, the Timberwolves, I think, are – the thing that the Timberwolves have is they're anything but soft. Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns and Patrick Beverly will never be described as soft. And I can tell you right now, Anthony Edwards is still flying at the rim and attacking people. Yeah. I mean, D'Angelo Russell – I mean, he's found his assisting touch again. Like, I mean, it, that team's good. I'm not saying they're better than the Jazz. I don't want to play them in a seven-game series. Yeah. I don't. I Zero just don't. interest in that. I don't. You can't blow wind up Donovan's ass and be critical about turnovers. But turnovers are not what's killing them. They, I mean, 14 turnovers in an NBA game is not that much. When the other team has 14 turnovers as well, it's really not that much. Yeah. You can't lose by 28. You can't. He says you can't blow wind up Donovan's ass and be critical about turnovers because we know who has the ball in their hands the majority of the time. Well, so what you're what you're saying is that turnover wise, you feel like that's mostly on Donovan Mitchell. Well, last night Don had two, Royce had two, uh, Conley had two, and Jordan Clarkson had five. Jordan Clarkson's always got five. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell's not the turnover problem. Like, and this is the thing I, I I wonder about is what do you want Donovan Mitchell to do? Help me understand that. Because last night, Donovan Mitchell, 35 minutes, 13 to 24, 3 of 12 from 3, 8 of 8 from the line, 6 boards, an assist, 2 steals, and 2 turnovers. 37 points. Jazz are a minus 29 last night. Yeah. Maybe there's not much more he can do, but I just think that the feel of the offense has to improve. There's got, and that's not all on Don. I agree, but there's got to be something's got to change here. Something's got to break. Something's got to, you know, push through. Like there has to be something has to move here. You're you're banging your head against the wall offensively every night. Well, and Giggity asks a great question: Who is the dog on the Jazz team that's ready to jump in an altercation? They don't have one. Yeah, that was that was Jay Crowder several years ago. It's not anymore. Well, what I think is funny is you have guys like Boyan Bogdanovich, and this is why I say go back to the idiocy of waving goodbye to fans. You're waving goodbye to Houston Rocket fans. One of the worst teams in the NBA, you're waving goodbye to their fans. You're flexing last night down 28. You don't have that guy. You don't. You know, like you, you don't. Talking with Raphael podcast says you YouTube should allow gifts and memes in the comment section. Probably agreed. Probably. Well, Jeremy Bolton knows what the jazz need. I'm telling you, he says, I think what the jazz need to do in the off season is with all the power they have to somehow, some way get Alex Caruso. That's fucking interesting, man. My guy <laughs> right on brand. Okay. The night guy says, um, bogey's a puss fart. <laughs> okay. Pascal can throw down. Pascal's a tough guy. I would agree with that. 
you know. Um, you can tell that Thurl Bailey is bothered by the way Rudy Gobert complains, especially since he's played that position. Rudy Big T. Rudy was supposedly going to stop complaining to the officials. Yeah, that hasn't happened. By, by the way, last night he got he got an illegal screen called against him, and he got called for holding the jersey last night. Not to say I'm a soothsayer or nothing, but fuck, I'm a soothsayer in something. Donnie, please. All right, let's talk about Colin Kaepernick. Uh, give us a thumbs up today on this show. One person who likes this show, uh, we will uh, we will give away a T-shirt on this show today uh, for one person who likes it because we got to get our likes up to like eight thousand. Um, the most they ever in stuff. Yeah. Um, except, have you sent Jeremy Bolton's shirt out yet? No. Have we? Why is it on me? Because you're, you're the shirt guy. Right. The shirts are here in your basement on the set. And now all of a sudden I'm the shirt guy? You told me you took one and packaged it for him. No, I you did straight not up, say yeah, that. Oh, my God. I did not say that, dude. Okay. No, I did not. Okay. Give me his address, Jeremy. I'll send Bro. it out today. It's going out today. There's no doubt about it. I, there's a UPS store right next to the gym. It's inexcusable. That shirt's not gone out. This little prick over here doesn't like you. And that's why it's not going out. By the way, did we go to the gym yesterday? It's the fucking Vernal Equinox. No, it's the Equinox, bro. That's a good point. Um, Jesus. Colin Kaepernick worked out in front of the Seattle Seahawks and now is asking, if not pleading, for other teams to bring him in for a private workout. Does he wind up on a roster for, for a training camp? Um, yes, I think he'll get a chance. Okay. I think he'll get a chance. And here, here is what he said. Now, what's your message about getting back to the lead after a few years? I think more than anything, again, is uh, where my skills are. The best way to tell is bring me in for a workout. Now, we have we have no expectations of what teams will do, but we just want the opportunity to walk in the door and show them what I can do and think my talent, my skill set will speak for itself. I mean, I give him credit. That's that's pretty much right on messaging. Yeah, we're, we've gone away from the cops hate people and equality and that hey, whole thing. Hey, look at my pig socks. Yeah, like we've gotten away from that now, and it's five years too late. Like, you know, I, I think he'll get a chance, but you, you can't – you can't. he just handled it the wrong way, man. Like it started out good, but then, yeah, the pig socks and the shirt and, and, and the ant – like Your mom. Yeah, dude, it just – I, I love what the guy – I love the concept in our country of someone standing up for what they believe in. I love that concept. But in the NFL, you got to do it a certain type of way. You can't be so in your face about that stuff. You I would know? agree with that. So, yeah, do I think he gets a chance? Yeah, I think there's a decent shot that the Seahawks will bring him in for camp. I think that there's a decent chance that the Ravens might consider bringing him in for camp. You know, there was some rumors, you know, what was that, two seasons ago about that? Yeah. So, I think there's a decent chance. I think the Steelers will have the him Steelers. in for a workout. Yeah. You I know, do. like, there's some teams out there that might give him a shot. But but I really am not interested in having the Colin Kaepernick is trash conversation once again today. I'm not here for that today. I think he ultimately ends up in Pittsburgh or Seattle. Yeah. I think those are the two most likely fits for him. Um, eBay, the sofa surface says you're mean to your son. Donnie, please. Jake, the people are on my side. Well, yeah, because they're fat like you're fat. Yeah. So, so you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. I'm not you know? fat. I'm not. Well, big bones, same thing. Well, yeah, if we're talking about Zion, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Jake has a package for Jeremy Bolton, Chris Carn says. No, he doesn't. That's the problem. Jake ain't got no package. 
I'm not going to humor your little games today. What? I'm not doing uh, that. Jeremy says, just send the PS5 with the shirt, and I'll forgive you guys. Nico Singaling says, Utah should trade for Pascal Siakam. Not a bad idea. Um, although he's soft as hell. Uh, the Nye guy says, send the PS5 to Chicago for Caruso. Exactly. eBay says, agree, Nico. What is a woman? Ha, ha, ha. Okay, wow. Um, that's fine. Um, you know, listen, I, I think that Colin Kaepernick deserves a shot. Will he get one? Yeah, maybe he should get one for sure. I don't know that he will. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, um, to see. So I said, yeah, yeah. Should we, where do you want to go from here? Cause we could talk brekkie sandwiches. We could talk is COVID over. I think we should. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Because that's a really interesting one with okay, the Kyrie so, situation. Oh, okay. I was going to say breakfast sandwiches. Oh, well, we can talk chicken it, sandwiches, bro. So, wait. Is coronavirus over? How I, Like, in, in the comments, I'd love to hear you guys talk about if you're done with it. Because I actually scheduled another booster for today. The coronavirus. For today? For today, yeah. What do you mean? My appointment to get my fourth booster is today. Wow. Okay. What? When are you doing that? Like 1130. So, you're not going to the gym. Why wouldn't I go to the gym? I'm not the okay. So yesterday, yesterday was Wednesday. It's bench press day. No, today's bench press day. No, today's Thursday. It's. Back I try day. to stay calm and not curse. We just so, get back on Tuesday, right? Because you're fucking it up. Anyway, um, the point is, yesterday was back day. I structured no. my calls at work, or yesterday was chest day. <laughs> I structured my calls at work yesterday so that at 1145, I'm off the phone, ready Please. to go to the gym. And Jake's like, hey, man, uh, I'm starving. Let's go to the gym some other time. Let's get Chipotle. Want to go to Chipotle? Hey, bro. And go what did you say? Hey, man. You said, yes, sir. No, yes, sir. I said we should go to the gym. No, you and did get, not. I no. said we should go to the gym no. and get Chipotle afterward. No. And you're like, no, let's just skip it. We'll go later. I'm like, hey, the Jazz play 530. No, that's not what happened. That is not what happened. No, that's not what happened. Okay, what happened? When I was messaging you at work about what our gym plan was, mm -hmm. I said, hey, do you want to get Chipotle? And you were like, yeah, man. And I was like, great, I'll be right over. No. And then on my way over, what happens? I get the, well, should we go to the gym and then go to Chipotle? Exactly right. No. No, we'll go later. But I forgot that the Jazz were doing this East Coast trip so, crap. So, bottom line earlier. is, did you work out yesterday? No. I did. No. Well, good for you. You've got a Peloton in your basement. I hope so. Yeah. You know, good for you. Chubbs? One percenter. Yeah, I am a one percenter. I, I don't have a Peloton in my basement. Yeah, you do. No. You have two of them. I have two. <laughs> I have two of them. I have a bike and a treadmill, and I'm yeah. a treadmill guy. Or, right. excuse me, a tread guy. Yeah. Oh, tread. Mm. Yeah. But I'm telling you, man. Anyway, is COVID over? Um, Tanner says, to answer your question, no, I don't believe COVID is over. I have a feeling another variant's on the way. Uh, I feel a fat drop coming, LOL, James Knight says. Yeah. Fat! Uh, Tanner Plummer says, or excuse me, eBay says, yeah, Tanner, what an idiot. Not for being dumb, but for being afraid to answer uh, because of fear for her leftist cronies. Okay, what the hell are we talking about in the comments today? Um, he's talking about these, he's the woman thing is because we have a female Supreme court nominee who also happens to be black. So no matter what she says, she's going to be criticized by guys like eBay mm -hmm. because she's a woman and she's black. So she's not good enough. And anything she says is stupid or leftist or, you know, um, libtardish and right. there's te like Ted Cruz, 
This this woman is at the pinnacle of her career. She is by everybody's measure, Republican, Democrat, neocons, libtards. Right. Everybody says she's overly qualified, like the perfect candidate. Yeah. Unless you're Ted Cruz, who brings in a stack of books to the her hearing the other day and is asking her opinion, reading reading passages of books and then asking her opinion if that book is fit to be used in school to teach our kids. And she said to him, I'm not here to talk about books. I'm here to talk about my qualifications for the Supreme Court. Because what guys like Ted Cruz and Jim Jordan are trying to do is they're trying to create fodder for their campaigns so that they can have sound bites of them. Because ultimately where it turned out Ted Cruz wanted to go was, do you support critical race theory? Yeah, because she's black. Because she's black. So, of course, it's an issue of race. Of course. And she nobody the problem is the republicans don't want to talk about her qualifications cuz you can't you can't go after this woman on her qualifications so they make up stuff about oh she gave pedophiles easy sentences well it turns out she didn't do that turns out that the cases you brought up were were actually far more dynamic than you wanted to let out and when she tried to say that you said she was making excuses because of course she would never answer your question directly and you talked about how you know, the last guy who came through here got embarrassed and, well, it turns out he was a sexual assaulter who drank a ton and probably wasn't qualified to be on the Supreme Court. And yet there now you have a woman who's black who doesn't want to talk to you about books and libraries. She wants to talk to you about her qualifications, which, by the way, is what she's there to do. And the best part about the whole thing is she doesn't need them. That's the best part. Yeah. This is, we just... And this is kind of what annoys me about our processes. This is a complete waste of time, what's happening right now, because of the current situation with, with power in, in Congress. It's a complete waste of time. She's going to get approved either way. So what are we doing? And eBay, of course, is doing what all Republicans do. Yeah, this should be right. It has nothing to do with her being black. Oh, yeah, it does, right. dude. Right. Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, no, no. I think your biggest problem with with this with this woman is a she's a Democrat, b she's black, and b she's black, and, and c, c she's, she's a, a woman. woman. That's, that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. So come on, you know, like it is, and that's what I love. See, that's what I love. Not to not to go on a hate on eBay thing, but that's what I love about about folks such as eBay. You don't want to be accountable to your beliefs. You just want to torture people when they're in a hearing. And like, that, but that's both sides of the aisle, though. I mean, when you look at the the Democrats, and I, I I tend to agree with the people who talk about the fact that Biden, I I don't think Joe Biden handled this particularly well. He what? should have talked about the fact that he was going to nominate the single best candidate for the Supreme Court. But Joe Biden wants to make history, and he wants to have a legacy as a president, which is now tied to Vladimir Putin, whether you want it to be or not. But he talked about how he's going to he's going to hire he's going to nominate a, a woman, a minority woman for the next Supreme Court opening. And you know what, man? I just don't know that that that, that does a disservice to minority women, because now what are we talking about? That this woman's black and the Republicans are fixated on the fact that she's a woman and she's black and. So you're digging up like everybody who's fact check all these cases about she's light on pedophiles. Yeah. 
Everybody who's fact-checked those cases and her conduct in those cases gave her the highest possible rating. These are the same people who said the election was rigged, dude. In those, it started with 31 cases. I think they're down to like eight cases or whatever on these pedophiles. But in those particular eight cases, she got the highest rating possible for a judge in her sentencing. Yeah. The highest rating possible. Yeah. It's not good enough because she's a woman and she's black. Yeah. And they'll do anything to wreck Democrats okay. who will do anything to wreck Republicans. Yeah. Great. Let's talk about chicken sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> wow. Jake has no appetite for this. Well, today. no, it's just, you, you know what I don't have appetite for? I don't have appetite for having these kind of conversations with people who think this has nothing to do with her being black and being a woman. Yeah. Like I just have, I, I'm not going to waste my energy on that. I'm not. Yeah, it, it is. It is what it is. Anyway, um, chicken sandwiches. Yeah. So, I'm fat. Right. Um, unlike you, I'm not a fat denier. Right. Fat! Uh, McDonald's is currently testing a new breakfast chicken sandwich in the great state of Jim, I mean, Ohio. Right. Uh, where one of their senators diddles kids or lets people diddle kids. And anyway, the point is chicken sandwiches. Right. Um, McDonald's is testing a chicken sandwich for breakfast in Ohio. Yeah. And it looks good. I got to be honest with you. It looks good. And now, of course, we have to talk about who's got the best chicken sandwich, A, for breakfast, and B, in the, in the fast food game. Right. Because I'm here to tell you, mofos, that it is Shake Shack. Mm-hmm. Shake Shack's really good. And Super Chicks, the sandwich is a – okay, Super Chicks is expensive. Their fries are good. Yeah. Their chicken's good. It's just – and it's far away. So they're opening one right here in South Jordan. Which I'll go and eat at that one because Super Chicks, I've been there one time and the food was actually really good. Right. But man, I'm telling you, Shake Shack is where the chicken that sandwich Shack is at. chicken sandwich, bro. It's, it's where it's at. Best breakfast sandwich for, that has chicken I mean, on it. I don't feel like there's a lot of options. I'm telling you that when it comes to fast food, McDonald's is good for one thing and that is a sausage and egg McMuffin. Yeah. When it comes to fast food, we all recognize that Jack in the Box is where it's at. I want it. But this McDonald's chicken sandwich. Could be a game changer. It could be a game changer. I'm telling you. McDonald's doesn't do it do it wrong. They usually get it right. Yeah. Like putting goop in glue or whatever the hell is in a chicken McNugget. That's Keep it real. But they know how to make chicken sandwiches. Oh. So the question is, who's got the best chicken sandwich on the market? Now, number one. You need to understand that Chick-fil-A chicken sandwiches are terrible for you and the ingredient list is disgusting. And I've been quite the fan of saying that Chick-fil-A is overrated. Yeah. I've said that yeah, for a while have. now. You have. Okay, yeah. I'm always right. Just ask me. Just like Rudy getting paid 41. We know. Well, huge mistake. Yeah. Huge mistake. Right. Yeah. Speaking of chicken. Right. Um, But when I look at fast, like purely fast food chicken sandwiches, the Popeye's chicken sandwich I think it's the best one that is like drive through, mm. put it in a fryer, Come put it on, on a Wendy's, bun. Wendy's, Wendy's, dude. Oh, Wendy's. That's Wendy's, a good pull. Wendy's chicken sandwich yes. is, is, is strong. Dude. Yes. It's no Dave's Double. No. Wendy's chicken sandwich is Damn, really good. Dude, Dave's Double. Dave's Double oh, sounds so man, good. Man, bro. Damn. That's why I was so disappointed in JCW's the other day. Damn, bro. Because I don't eat that crap very often. You know? Might have to have a burger this weekend. Mm. Might have to do that. That sounds so good. You love a big man, piece of meat. I do, man. Um, 
but it'll just be interesting to see yeah, how whole, this McDonald's chicken sandwich turns out. I, once I found out that Chick-fil-A's product was not good and the ingredient list is That was like, a good win over the yard, Yeah, dude. The the, I, it, I'm, I'm, you know, it's Thursday, bro. We're getting that ass beat today, you know. Flexes me. Yeah, it's not ah, good. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, once I found out the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich was not good, that kind of turned me off to Chick-fil-A. So now I'm not really a Chick-fil-A guy. So now I'm not really left with any options. Shake Shack. Well, and then there's Casey Finlinson, who has a podcast dedicated to good lunch spots. He says KFC sandwiches uh, are really good. Have you ever had a KFC chicken sandwich? No. Neither have I. I haven't had KFC in a long time, man. You know, like, okay. Um, I, I sit here, and when you ask me what the best, what's the, just purely, and let's get some comments rolling on this. Yeah. So Giggity says Shake Shack when Popeye's close too. What's the best fast food? If you're going fast food anywhere you are, you can go at any restaurant. I'm going to I'm going to Jack. Yeah. Now, if we're just going chicken sandwiches, I'm going to Shake Shack. But man, I think I might go to Wendy's. Dude, I'm telling that you. was a really good poll. Now, Burger King, to their credit, it used to be Burger King with whatever that club chicken sandwich was, the oh, one yeah. that was shaped yes. like in an oblong. Yes, like a sub kind of. Yeah, that was really good. Oh, back yeah, in the that day. was like their chicken parm. Yeah, basically. It's, it's shitty now. Yeah. And, you never. know, that's the thing with Burger King. Their food just lets you down in the sense that it doesn't feel substantial. It doesn't feel like. Like, you know, like when you go to Wendy's and you get the Dave Double, you're like, damn, this is a burger right oh, here. Oh, the mayonnaise and ketchup mixture at Wendy's. Yeah, it gets on my shirt really good. The, like, uh, I'm the, about it, you the know? Pepper, the pepper burger at Jack in the Box. I want it. The full-flavored large breast in your mouth at Shake Shack. <laughs> wow. Hey, baby. Wow. Um, you know, like, you have, at, there's a hallmark, like at... Again, at Super Chicks, the fact that they have custard and they have fries, and their fries are really good. Yes. At Five Guys, the taste of that burger with onions, lettuce, tomato. That motherfucker yeah. don't oh, miss, Oh, man, you wrap that thing, in, and they wrap it in, like, foil. They wrap it in foil, and it, you open it up. And they and put the fries on top so it stays warm. Explodes like, in your mouth. Dude, it's like, just... It's amazing. Keep it real. Uh. <laughs> dude, man. Talking uh, with Raphael podcast says Crown Burger, French fries. You know, when I think Crown Burger, I See, think French fries. See, but again, fries. Shake Shack's fry game is super strong. Crinkle cut <sighs> fries, very good. Uh, when you reference chicken sandwich, is that chicken burger in a bun? It is a chicken burger, yes. Um, oh my God, hack in the box is disgusting. Okay. Hodo Gonzalez says, Hodo? Donnie, you're out of your element. You're out of your element. <laughs> you're out of your element, sir. Dude. Jack in the Box is coming back to Salt Lake City, and it's going to be amazing. And it's not disgusting. Jack in the Box is awesome. Fucking A. Dude, their mini taco box, oh amazing. Oh, my God. The mini taco box, Stop it. amazing, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm close. Yeah. Daddy. Uh, um, I'm telling you right now, the mini taco box at Jack in the Box, it's the game greatest changer. thing ever. Nobody else has that on the market. It's a game changer. It's the greatest thing ever. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says more like E. coli in a box. That was That's like 30 not years nice. ago. That is not nice. Jesus, Giggity, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Giggity's like, we're, e eBay, were you sitting courtside effing with Devin Booker last night? Exactly. You know, 
Tanner and eBay are going back on their own political discussion. You guys, go ahead, man. Just I just thought that you would appreciate well, me treating you like an adult. We'll be over here talking about food. You guys go ahead and talk <laughs> about the Twitter machine guy. Uh, Spencer Morgan, what's up, bro? Good to see you. He says, that loss was not on DM. He put up a, a very efficient 37 points and lately has had to make up for bad positions he is put in due to Forrest's inability to shoot. Thank you. Scott Zuninga says... Jack and the crack. Oh, yes, so dude. Good. I'm telling you, man. So good. I, I, if you have, listen, listen to me. If you have not felt the power of a power. Jack mini taco box in your mouth. Uh, no, I'll stop. If you have not tasted Never. Jack mini taco boxes, they're amazing. Yeah. Casey says mini taco box for the win. Yes. Yeah, dude. Night guy says looking forward to trying raising canes. Don't. Please don't. 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 It's and okay. it's not raising canes. It's just canes. Please. James Knight says, do you guys have a franchise called Grilled? It's similar to Nando's. I have never heard of either one. No. Although I will say the food in Australia was amazing. It's one it of the was, things yeah. I remember. It was really yeah. good food. And the beer was good, too. Yeah. 4X. Hey, where's my 4X summer ale? <laughs> James, you still owe me a case of 4X summer ale. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, if I'm going any fast food, it's probably, uh, you know. Jack. Yeah, probably. Dudes, the sourdough burger at Jack in the Box is hard to beat. It yes, is. I'm dude. telling you. Notice the brand we're not talking about. <laughs> Scott, Zun Scott Zuninga says Kentucky Fried Children. Oh. Okay. Uh, Nico Sangalang Sang says In-N-Out Burger. Uh, sorry, I threw up my See, mouth. Okay, so here's where I come down on In-N-Out. I'm never going to eat their food again because of their, you know, their political stances and all that good stuff. But the burger is not half bad. No, the fries Stop suck. It. Stop it. The fries are trash. Why am I going in and out when there's a five guys across the street? Because the truth is the 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 vibe of in and out when you're in Southern California and it's and it's the golden hour, it's tough to beat. But dude. It, we're in Utah. True. So we're going to five guys. You're right. We're in Utah. Right. Fry sauce. We get it. Giggity says, got distracted for a second. What kind of taco boxes are we talking about? <laughs> but five, six. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, mini taco. The, Jack in the box now sells a box of mini tacos bomb dude i mean bomb slim chickens buffalo chicken sandwich is awesome slim chickens yeah is i've good. heard of some chickens slim chickens is super chicks chris have you been the super chicks um I, super chicks is in saratoga is it in saratoga Springs? no it's in riverton right but the oh, the one we went to down in uh utah county i think it no that's american fork is that American, American Fork? Fork. Yes. Yeah, that's American Fork. Yes, that's right. Casey Finlinson must have been the Super Chicks by now. Fat Jesus says, love me some box. So do I. All weekend long. Me? Uh, I think eBay would still like Trump even if he took a dump on a flag on national TV. Okay. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. You guys go and do your thing. <laughs> you guys just, you know, you know, stay over there. It's cool, man. The Nye guy says, wing coop is killer. Never had it. Jeremy Bolton, what does Mrs. Monty have to say about her favorite fast food? I don't know. She's not down here She's today. not down here she's today. Not, she's skipping the show and, and derelict in her duties. Um, Tanner, you, you know. Anyway, what are we going to have for lunch today now? <laughs> I'm having a Chipotle burrito again. I yeah, can, it's 505 calories. Of County greatness. calories is great and it sucks. Okay, so real quick before then we got to leave. Um, you started counting calories the other day. Mm -hmm. How is that going for you? Yeah, it's going fine. How many did you have yesterday? 2,000. You're only eating 2,000 calories. Yeah, well, I don't. So, you know, I don't know what the number should be. I mean, I burn, my watch says I burn about 3,600 calories a day. So, you yeah, know. Yeah, 2,000 is about right. 
you know, so it's like somewhere it's probably the sweet spots, probably like 22 ish, 23. I think you want to be in a thousand calorie deficit at a minimum. Yeah. So like, I'm, you know, like yesterday I had 2003 calories. Okay. And what did so, you eat? Let's see. I had, well, I can tell you for breakfast. I had, I love this Kashi Go Lean cereal. Super good. Kashi Go Lean cereal, almond milk, and some strawberries. For lunch, I had chipotle. Uh, I had queso, rice, pico, beans, and corn for my bowl. No tortilla. No so tortilla. that was that was 470 calories. You know, so right there, you're at about a thousand. Last night, I had uh, I had Harmon's salad bar, which was absolutely bomb. That was about 500 calories. So expensive. Eh, it's not that expensive. Okay. It was like 10 bucks. And then and then uh, I had because so when I left work. And I went to Harmon's. I was famished. I was in a pissy ass mood, and I was like, "Dude, I gotta get like just something." Because at See, that point, I'd only had like a thousand calories. Why are we, I, we were both in a bad mood last night? I'm so telling you, it is the calorie thing. Here's what I did: I clutched up last night when I went to the store. Clutched up? They isn't that a sexual crime? Yes, it is. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. Um, and I got a Reese's egg for <sighs> 200 calories, and I oh, felt man, so cool. damn good after I ate that. I was like, "Yes." Okay, felt so amazing. Those of us that don't eat sugar. Right. Yeah. I uh, had 2,316 calories yesterday. I had high fiber heritage flakes and warm cinnamon uh, kashi cereal, mm-hmm. almond milk, and a banana for 495 calories. Lunch yesterday was a vegan chipotle burrito with extra beans. Vegetarian. Uh, no, vegan. it's vegan. Their burrito is vegan. If you get it without the meat, none of their stuff. The only thing that makes it not vegan is the, is queso. the queso. Yeah. Um, for my lunch was 875 calories because I got the extra black beans. Uh, I had one rock star, uh, a maple glazed donut, one bar, which is my protein bar. It's amazing. It's in the affiliate links below. Make sure you check that out. Um, I had for dessert last night, I had a strawberry triple zero blended uh, Oikos yogurt. Amazing. Right. With oats and honey cluster and coconut granola on top awesome right and i had a handful of dried cherries for 130 calories 2316 calories mm-hmm. so and i've lost 30 pounds doing it so i'm pretty happy with it um i'm losing between two and four pounds a week but the point is i burn about 4700 calories a day yeah so if i stay below uh 2500 calories generally i will lose three to five pounds a week So it's working right now. At some point, I'm probably going to hit a plateau. But it's working pretty well right now, and I'm pretty happy with it. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. No, it's not. Um, It's not. You have to be – you have to be – we all make choices in life. And I always say with my my wife cooking the way she cooks is the only reason that I can do it. She made like – again, the other night she made this amazing vegetable soup. Mm -hmm. We had salad the other day. Like today I'm going to have chipotle for lunch again. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll have to figure out like – you know, what am I going to have for breakfast? I'm hoping my wife is going to make oats for breakfast today because her oats, she makes these boiled oats on the on the stove with like blueberries and mm. or bananas and almond butter. And, you know, it's amazing. Right. And it yeah. really works. Yeah. And then I poop a pile the next day and I lose weight. Fucking A. Yeah. So there you have it. Wow. Calorie counting sucks. Wow. It is what it is. Uh, Casey says, guys, you need to try a thing called a super plate diet. It's fiber-rich diet where you can eat a lot of things you enjoy, just enhance your meals by adding fiber. 
The, mm. the issue that I have is I'm not looking for a diet. I'm looking for something that I can do the rest of my life. And eating the way I'm eating now is sustainable into eternity. Like doing what I'm doing now is not difficult. Um, you know, if we wind up opening this business we're trying to get done or we stay at Yelp or we turn into porn stars, I can eat the way I'm eating now and I'll continue to lose weight. Like I will find my plateau. Hopefully at some point in my life, I can get back to 3000 calories a day. Um, and yes, the difference between 3000 and 2,500 is massive. It is significant. Um, so I like eating the way I'm eating now. It, I feel good. I I'm sleeping well. It, the last night was hotter than hell for whatever reason. Uh, but yeah, it's all good. I, yeah. I truly, I do enjoy it. Um, you know, uh, congratulations on losing 20 pounds, Casey. That's nothing to shake a stick at. You know, you just can't do that. Uh, and everybody's rooting for you. The night guy says, Casey, heck yeah. Nice job. Uh, Jeremy says, that's awesome, Casey. Um, eBay, the silver server says, no carrying flags and not guns into the Capitol is not quite an insurrection. Okay. Like, it actually Guy, is. This is a sports show, remember? Yeah. So, and he's now he's ripping lefts. The leftists. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I'm Make sure, sure you give is. us a thumbs up. Look at that. 28 likes. Everybody, if you give us a thumbs up, I'm going to give away a T-shirt today to somebody who gives us a thumbs up. Uh, on this video, if you are on the audio podcast, send me a picture of you listening to the audio podcast, and I'll pick one person who does that and send them a Monty Show Casuals t-shirt. So send me a picture on the podcast, hit a thumbs up on the likes on uh, the YouTube channel. We'll give you a t-shirt. Jeremy Bolton, you have my word that Jake is going to send out that shirt today. Until tomorrow, say screw you, Jake. Screw you, Jake.